Hello everyone, and welcome to Object Class Pacing, the show where your hosts, A Random Day and Captain Kirby, argue at each other and call it a podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about pacing in the SCP format, what pacing is, how pacing is used well, how to pace your articles well, and how to avoid pacing your articles poorly. So, to start us off, Kirby, I'm going to be the first to say that pacing in the SCP format is a clusterfuck for me. Uh, I don't really pace my articles in as much as I tend to just write them to get ideas across. You, on the other hand, have a much more story-oriented approach to the SCP format, and so your articles rely much more heavily on a traditional form of pacing that is paced much more closely to a story. Would you say that's true? Yeah. If so, how do you generally go about pacing a story? Yeah, so so one thing I'm just going to say, because I throw about the word pacing a lot, and at some point it can feel like uh, people use it as sort of a catch-all phrase for something that's very ethereal and strange. The way that I tend to look at and define pacing just for the purposes of, of this podcast is that like, if I have an event in a story that's supposed to be very impactful, it's supposed to, supposed to have an effect on the reader, pacing to me is making sure that there is sufficient time leading up to the event and spent during the event such that the event itself feels impactful. So if I have a, a moment in a story where a character dies and I want the audience to really feel like to, to, to feel emotionally affected by that character's death, I have to make sure that they've spent enough time with the character such that they've grown attached. And I have to make the death of the character take sufficiently um, long on the page such that it doesn't feel like such that the audience has time to feel the emotions towards that character's death. Like, that's just one very, very broad example of what I tend to think of as pacing. Pacing is a little bit weird because the best way to describe it for me would be making sure that each part of your article is exactly as long as it needs to be. That means to me, like, giving the important parts of your story, character deaths, dramatic descriptions, important bits of dialogue, the length they need to feel fleshed out and well-realized, while also skipping over stuff that is just completely inconsequential to the plot. For me, pacing in an article is best defined as writing every bit of my story so that the reader lingers on the important parts and is able to skip past the parts that I don't want to write about. Yeah, yeah. I think it's weird pacing, especially for SCPs, because you don't necessarily need to write an SCP based around a narrative or a story, which is really where pacing kind of is important because there you have plot points and events and character arcs and things that you need to make sure the character is with you for, or make sure the audience is with you for. Um, whereas SCP doesn't necessarily require those things, so you can get away with writing an SCP that where you don't like think at all about pacing. But even in SCPs that don't really rely on traditional narratives, uh, pacing is still very important. A lot of uh, set up punchline style articles still have to make sure that they're paced correctly such that their punchlines hit or kind of more conceptual articles need to be paced correctly such that there's enough time spent on them on the mystery such that that's what sticks with the reader so a lot of the ways that pacing might be applied to like a traditional narrative or piece of prose may not necessarily immediately apply to scp but there's ways that for almost any article that has like a moment that you know you want to hit the reader with, that 
you can approach writing your article such that you will take the pacing into account to make that moment hit harder. Especially when um, we're talking about like SCPs that don't really have the traditional like characters or even a narrative arc that focuses specifically on like imagery or test logs. I think it's still important to consider pacing, but pacing that gets you past all the context so that you can get to the important parts like the imagery and the test logs as quickly as possible without being confused by what you're being presented with. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 equal parts making sure that your setup is sufficient and also making sure that you're not talking about the things you don't need to talk about. Like, poor pacing is going to fall in one of two categories generally. You're either going to be paced too quickly, in which case your reader is kind of rushed along through and they don't feel um, impacted by the important parts because they weren't uh, invested sufficiently because the buildup to it was uh, was too fast. Or you're paced too slowly, which means that there's a lot of random stuff that happens between uh, maybe your set setup and whatever moment you're trying to have, or maybe in between different events, there might be a lot of uh, unnecessary details that you're throwing in there, such that the audience doesn't feel, uh, they, they, they lose track of the story, or they lose investment in it, and they get bored. Like, you can both write too much and too little. I think that a lot of readers struggle with pacing in, like, especially in the context of SCPs when it comes to exploration logs and interviews, which are two of the most common ways to develop character and plot in an article, but also, consequently, two of the most difficult things to do because the flash fiction nature of the format means that your article is inherently going to have to be sort of fast-paced, but at the same time, it's got to not feel rushed. And I know that there are, like, really long articles that uh, tend to be, like, X thousand words in length that have more freedom in this context, but I think most articles aren't going to be more than, like, 2,000 words, and if you're trying to convey a character arc in 2,000 words, that can be really difficult. For me, the one of the ways that I tend to do that is by having really, like, almost caricaturized characters right from the get-go. I tend to have characters with, like, really strong voices right from the start, that gets the crux of their personality across and gives me a little bit of room to develop small arcs for them while still maintaining the core of their of their character to make them feel fleshed out and entertaining. Like, for SCP-4220, I skipify the real-life character Jack Parsons, who was a rocket scientist, a cultist, and basically what I did to develop his uh, interview log and develop his uh, character is maintain the idea that he's sort of this, like, crazy occult uh, horn dog but at the same time i try to give him a little bit of depth by making him ant by making him like an indentured servant of the united states government and hinted the idea that he didn't really like this what he was doing for them so i tried to flesh out a little bit of his character arc while at the same time maintaining this idea of this like larger than life crazed lunatic who's also a super genius I'm just going to say, I find it deeply amusing that of all of your articles to say, hey, this is a character I did in flash fiction. You chose 4240, which is like how many thousand words? 4220 is probably like at sub 4,000 words. I think it's like three and a half thousand. That's, on, Still, like, the long that's like the longest thing you've written in a year. <laughs> the interview log with Jack Parsons, I would say, is less than a thousand words altogether. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, like, I guess one thing to me, coming back to, like, making sure you focus your time correctly, one of the things that's 
things that's hard about the SCP format as far as pacing is concerned is if you are trying to tell a story that isn't immediately about the object you're talking about. Like, if your anomaly plays a role in the story but isn't the center of attention necessarily, it might be a character interacting with the anomaly, it might be an event the anomaly, like, had a hand in. If the... But if the the story isn't immediately about the anomaly, you're going to be wasting time in your description, in your containment procedures, in the cruft building up to the the necessary cruft that you have uh, before logs. There's all this stuff that you kind of have to put there to maintain clinical tone that will inevitably not really be the thing you want to tell the story about. Now, I know that there are some people who will look at me and be like, well, why are you putting this in the SCP format? And... To them, I say, because the SCP format can still like offer you a number of interesting looks into stories that you won't necessarily get otherwise. But the difficulty is that you don't even get all of the words that you want to have to tell the, your story that you might have in mind. You have to put in a lot of lip service to the format to, in order to get the benefits out of the format later on. Um, I'm not entirely certain I agree with you in that the sense you have to like pay lip service to the format to move on. I know you were talking about like having to add a lot of unnecessary substance to the beginning of an article to like get the S to get the immersion of the SCP format across, but I would feel like to a large extent that's just a necessity of having to contextualize an article within the world of the foundation. And I honestly don't even think you need that much stuff to get to the good meat. Like SCP-2935 is like being bandied around as one of the gold standards of pacing in an article and i'd argue that it gets to like the meat of its article the exploration logs within like just a few paragraphs yeah but i'm coming i'm coming back to the point that you're making earlier about trying to write stuff in like under 2k words because let me put it this way the moment i kind of take off that 2k word cap which i think a lot of articles that um are more traditional narratives do they tend to hit 2,000, 3,000 words um, the moment you take off that 2K uh, word cap, that's when that's when I don't think it's actually a burden. I don't think it matters much at all. But if I'm spending 200 words out of my 2,000 words, that's 10% of what I get to do. Whereas in traditional prose, I can spend that time doing things from my character's perspective. I can jump into whatever part of the story I want. This is me specifically regarding what you're saying as this as a flash fiction format, which I think SCP is a flash fiction format, but you don't need to always approach it like that. Right, I like to approach it as a flash fiction format because that's kind of how I grew up with the site. Yeah, yeah. If you're really trying to squeeze something something in, usually the kind of pacing that you're looking at, you aren't thinking as much about characters and arcs normally. Not that you can't. It's just that that's not normally where you are uh, putting your mind. You're usually putting your mind in the mind of like trying to set up for a punchline if you're writing an article that really thinks about pacing. Or you are trying to like build a mystery and you're trying to tell your tell your story with negative space. I'll talk about the first type of article first because I have a lot more uh, examples for that. Like one example of an article that I think nails the pacing on a very fantastic piece of flash fiction is the Great Hippo's thirty one twenty eight, which he heralds as his worst article ever. Thirty one twenty eight is that the Stude Baker? That's the Monopoly. <laughs> Mon oh yes, it's yes, the yes. Monopoly I like one. That one. Yes. Um, if you I haven't read it, is... it, go read it very, it's very, very short. It's, it's a quintessential setup punchline article, it but it is expertly paced it's... because yeah. it gives you its setup and then gives you its punchline immediately, but it comes at you so fast that you don't even realize you've gotten both the setup and the punchline. 
And I think that the fridge logic of realizing what you've just gotten makes the joke hit that much harder. Well, so the other thing that it does that's kind of clever, which is this is a bit of a tangent from pacing, but what it does is that there was a lot of misdirection at you with the the description. It makes you think it's going to go in, in X direction, and then it takes a hard left into Y direction, and it smacks you with the punchline. And what I love about it is, you're right, it gives you the setup immediately. There's barely any description. There's barely any containment procedures. It's super brief. And then the interview, if you needed just the most important bit, you could actually make it much shorter. But that wouldn't make it good. That would actually hurt it if you shortened it. Because essentially, it takes the time to like let the reader settle into the rhythm of the, of the Monopoly turns in conversation. And then it just pulls the punchline out of nowhere, and the article's over, and it's like you've been smacked in the face with the answer. That's a really good example of when even not really writing about characters or like plot points, when pacing is very important because you still have to give your reader sufficient setup and sufficient time to kind of uh, to, to start maybe putting the pieces together or to not put the pieces together in the case of this article for your punchline to hit. One thing right. that I think 3128 does really well is take advantage of the seemingly slow pace of the interview log or the incident log or whatever it's called it takes advantage of that to i think set up for a shaggy dog punchline and i think that's indicative of the ways that a good author can play around with pacing on the sc in the scp format to sort of enhance the impact of their ending that's that to me is a fantastic example of even when writing flash fiction uh how important pacing can be uh, I'm trying to, I think the other uh, pretty solid example of the other type of article I was talking about that wasn't necessarily plot point based or character based that still takes, makes solid use of pacing to tell a story that exists largely in the negative space because you still need to let the reader uh, settle into the article and you aren't really trying to hit them in the face so much with an answer as you are trying Is to this five, two, five, piece one. together. Um, I was thinking more of 2740. 2740 is one of those articles that has like never managed to land for me. I want to like the article a lot and I keep seeing other people gush about it, but it's never quite been able to land for me. And I'm curious to hear what aspects of its pacing and structure make it tick. So what, for me at least, what makes 2740 work really nicely is that, so it's largely telling a story that exists in like negative space. So it's not something where it's coming at you where it's going to give you an, a question and an answer, or it's going to give you a punchline and a set, or it's going to show you characters that develop. It's not going to do any of those things. It's going to show you like bits and pieces here and there, and you have to kind of fill in what happened yourself. It's, it's essentially about an attic that you can't get into like, there's something in the attic, no one knows what it is, and no one can go up there. Like, it's just impossible to go up there. It, again, it's also, it's not that long. You can go pause this and read it yourself and then come back, because I'm going to be spoiling parts of it. But uh, to me, what makes this work really nicely is the way that it kind of takes the, the very base idea. There is something in the attic, and it builds on it in each uh, section immediately our first interview takes the attic and it gives it context in a very emotional context it there is a daughter and there's a family the the second interview we go from from like daughter and family and the family feeling like they're going crazy to to daughter and family and there's like 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 there is a a dispute between between the parents and the daughter and that's all we get we don't get any details as to what that is we don't get why 
And then lastly, we supposedly get this interview with the daughter. And what I love about it is that, to me, what that interview does is that it takes all of the the mystery about what's in the attic, and it doesn't give you an answer, but it gives you an emotion to go with it. Because kind of what you get from before is you get this kind of panicky feeling from the two parents. Like, there's a lot of paranoia. And then the daughter's interview takes that paranoia and kind of mirrors it in in anger. But we've taken a good chunk of the article of, like, this parental paranoia about being a good parent. And we've now kind of twisted it into, yeah, no, they were shitty parents. Shit happened there that they don't want to remember. And then that also kind of, to me, mirrors back to the thing in the attic that we don't know that we don't know about and then the final button on all of that is there's the paranoia there's about the anger um for the attic which now culminates in oh turns out the person that we thought we interviewed just doesn't exist that person never existed we don't even know where we got this interview from that that kind of comes back to all the paranoia beforehand depending on how you want to fill in the blanks yourself it's kind of like gaslighting which in some ways could be what the story is about. I'm not saying it is, I'm not the author. When you put all those pieces together, the fact that, that it, it knows very well what those two, the first two interviews are doing, and it knows very well what the third interview is doing in like contextualizing this paranoia, that when you finally hit the, the moment where it turns out, nope, nothing existed in the first place, it feels like a punch to the stomach because now you don't know what emotions are real and what aren't, and you're kind of like the parents who don't know what's in the attic. It got me thinking about this idea of like one of the key points of separation in terms of how pacing is used imagery and monster based articles versus like character or uh, exploration or more general narrative based articles is that for the former type of article the way you're going to pace your article and like break up each part of it is so that each part sort of builds up to the end and like emphasizes the impact of the ending whereas with a more character based article like your own SCP-5552 the point of the pacing is to focus on the important points of the journey. It's not about the destination so much as it's about the journey, but it's also about the high points of that journey. The like emotionally cathartic bits, the parts that set up the emotionally cathartic bits, and eliminating as much of the connective tissue in between those bits as possible. So I agree, but I'm going to say I don't think that those two things are necessarily like mutually exclusive. I think that what you talk about with in 5552 tends to be more present in character-based articles because um, those ones, they tend to be a bit longer and the arcs, for at least the, the good ones, in my opinion, tend to have a series of highs and lows. So there's a lot of different moments that you're building to. You're not just building to an ending. There's more than just an ending there. 5552 is 8,000 words. I can't just be building to an ending for 8,000 words. No one will sit there and read an anticipatory clinical tone for 8,000 words to hit a final stinger. Now, that was never going to be the point of that article. The point of that article is to tell this uh, character arc between the two researchers. Along the way, I have to make sure I pace for each individual moment. But I'm also going to say a number of different emotional peaks in an article doesn't necessarily mean that you're not still building towards the ending. I am going to come back to 5552 on this because the ending of that article, like the last three lines, is something that is very explicitly built to throughout the entirety of the article. 
I'll cop to what you're saying and admit that like character narrative age articles still need an ending that pay they're still gonna try to build up to an ending and have a satisfying payoff to that build up but I think that the build up to the ending is less important in those articles than it is in more conceptual or imagery heavy articles. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's also that's also in large part because your ending is going to come a lot faster and you have a lot less time to make people feel things at other points during the journey. But I do, I so do definitely agree with that. So it sounds to me like when it um, comes to an SCP article, the biggest challenge of pacing is going to be balancing the buildup to a worthwhile ending with moments of character and of description and of dialogue in between. Important character and description moments on the way to the ending that are worth taking in for the reader. Yeah, one thing that I do very explicitly when I write an article, I tend to start from knowing what moments I think are important for the reader. And for each of those moments, I, I figure out what the important setup moments are for the reader to experience that moment. And then when trying to write up until that point, making sure that I have A, properly done all the setup, which may include other emotional moments. And then B, it's about making sure that when you hit it, you spend just enough time on that moment. We talk a lot about like setup punchline articles. Usually in those, the moment that you're trying to create, you want to have it happen as fast as possible because it's the punchline and you don't want to have much that comes after the punchline because like... There's no quicker way to kill a joke than by dissecting it. Yeah, exactly. So, so in those articles, usually you hit your stinger and you're done. But in other types of stories where you're really focusing on not necessarily stingers, but you are focusing on like maybe moments that happen in the middle of the story like stuff that happens at the beginning, middle, and end of the story where you have multiple uh, kind of emotional peaks for your reader to hit, you might want to end up spending more time in those moments so the reader can like be there and experience it happening. I think endings for SCP articles in general, even more character-based ones, I think they are allowed to skip the epilogue, as it were, the denouement. There's a, you're always going to need a climax, but I think that like even character heavy and narrative heavy articles are able to get away without having like a proper denouement and more sort of trailing off to leave the reader asking more questions. And I think that's encouraged in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Having no falling action in an SCP article is like super normal. Personally, I think that stems from the site's like roots and horror and the idea that a lot of ghost stories kind of end right at the climax. The Bloody Mary story, you say Bloody Mary's name three times, then the climax says she comes out of the mirror. We don't know what happens next after that. We just assume she kills you, and there's your ending. There's no denouement, there's no epilogue. It's just build up, climax, and then you're done. And I think that ethos of like getting to the point and then leaving the point lingering is how SCP articles tend to approach their pacing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It works. It's a cornerstone of short horror for a reason. But when you're pacing your article, you can give less thought to everything after your climax. Not that you shouldn't give thought if it's necessary, especially in character-based articles. You might want to come down, you might want a sort of epilogue. 5552, I would argue, has like a come down and an epilogue. But I think that's just not that important in SCP as a whole, as much as it is to more traditional prose and tales. I, I agree with that, but I think the one thing that I want, want to make explicit is that just because in SCP you can kind of get away with cutting your falling action, your denouement, your epilogue, whatever you're going to call it, doesn't mean that your 
climax has to happen at light speed. I have an example. It's another one of my pieces. Hey, that's fine by me. 4877, which I've titled oh, 9 meters per second Oh, this is a good squared. one. I really the love The climax this of that article. Thank you. Um, the climax of this article, like the end of the climax happens and then it like hard cuts. I have like two sentences and the article's over. But the, the amount of time that we spend in that climax, in that last log, I keep forgetting to do this. Uh, brief overview. The the article is about essentially uh, a hippie cult sort of thing that runs a flying school where they try to convince people that they can learn to fly. And and shenanigans ensue. It ends with a with a like like a final log. And that kind of more or less uh, encapsulates the the climax of the article. We've spent a lot of time with these characters. We've seen them change and grow, and we're with the one for the very ending. And there's a lot of tension that kind of gets wrapped into that climax, but it's not like I rushed the climax. It's not like that log is super short and I'm trying to just hit you with, um, with, with that final moment as fast as possible. I want to make sure that I'm there with the reader so they are in the climax where they're experiencing the tension until it all culminates in whatever final like moment or reveal I have. And then at that point, yeah, in SCP, you can get away with just kind of end log, whatever sentence or two you need to justify that that's the end of the article, and then just not write anything else. You can do that a lot of the time, but just because you can cut the epilogue doesn't mean that you should shortchange the climax right. itself. I think the, it's possible to shortchange everything after the climax to a minimalist approach, but the key point of any story is going to be its climax, and you want to reward your reader for getting to that. Exactly. At some point, that is what pacing is about. When you have a clear climax, it's about making sure the reader feels rewarded for reaching that climax, that they don't feel bored along the way because they had to weed through all of this bullshit to get there, and that they it doesn't feel um, unsatisfying because they felt rushed to that moment. Could you take us through how you tend, like try to pace one of your articles, like four eight seven seven? What were you thinking when you wanted to like when you tried to like pace out this article and plan it? Yeah. So, so one thing, one thing that I know that I do that's a little weird is, as I said kind of earlier, I have my moment and I build my article from the moment or moments that I have in mind. But kind of when I get that moment, I have sort of an intuitive sense for like how many sections I need to build to that moment. Like I will write in an outline. I will have addendums one, two, and three before I hit four, and I know that I'll need those three addendums. And in each one, I will write out explicitly what it needs to set up and how it's going to build off of, uh, build into the next addendum or build off of the previous addendum. Being able to chunk my story into bits and then tell myself, okay, this part of the story needs to do X, Y, and Z, that really helps me figure out um, how much I need to write in that section. And like, if you find that an, a section needs to be doing like seven different things, then there's like a point where you need to be asking yourself, well, does this all need to happen in this section of the story? Am I able to spread that out a little bit more such that the reader can really like digest these things right here and now? But you could also have a section that maybe only has one thing in it. And that's not bad. You can have a section that has only one job, but if it only has one job, you should make sure maybe it's not all that long. Or if it's long, that it's doing a really good job at getting that information across or developing that character moment for the audience. If each section of your story is not explicitly 
building to one of your moments in such a way, if it's not explicitly doing some sort of character development or introducing some new information or getting across some sort of plot development, specifically like brand new plot development, character art development or information, then you need to ask yourself, what is it doing there? And then if you find that all of your information and stuff is getting, feels like it's getting really cramped into just one section. If it's, if, if you're trying to do like seven different things over the course of a single interview, then you might want to take a step back and say, does this really all need to happen here? One of the ways I especially like to paste articles, even if it's just like subtly without using um, headers or section notes and stuff, is just the way that I break up my paragraphs. I'm a big fan of the three to five sentences per paragraph rule. But I also try to make sure that each paragraph in my article is focused on one explicit facet of the article with as few words as possible. I think that in a well-paced article, the description is going to be like brisk and clear and it is going to give you just enough information. It's going to give you just enough information to get to the important bits. And one other thing that I'm going to kind of note is that a lot of the way that you can kind of change the pacing of an individual section of your article is what format you choose to present that section in. An interview is going to read differently from an exploration. Uh, a table is going to read differently from a dossier. Like, you have a lot of these epistolary tools at your disposal, and they're all going to speed up or slow down your reader in different ways. Like, when someone hits an interview, Unless your dialogue's like super snappy, there's a good chance that you're going to kind of slow the reader down a little bit. But if you have a table, then that's kind of a, a lot of space taken up by a smaller number of words. So they're going to kind of get through it a little bit faster and they're going to feel the sense of like uh, of escalation as each table entry builds off the next. You can do a lot of things with the way that you present your information uh, that will change the way that the audience perceives it. I do want to talk about tables briefly. I don't think you should have more than a single digit number of rows in your table. Ooh, ooh. I'm not sure I fully agree. I think that if you have to, you, it's easy to have too many rows in a table. I think that is easy. Have you read um, Dead Minister's Pet Cemetery? That's Kate McTierris, 2072, right? It's okay, Kate McTier- fair enough. Kate 2072 article. has yeah. like 15 to 20 of those, but that one gets away with it because each row or what section or whatever you have it is no more than like Well, it also gets away with it because the entire story is told through the table. Like, it's actually... I, I should have brought this up as an example of good pacing for negative space articles. Um, like, this article makes use of effectively a description and a single table. And... It knows what each individual row is trying to do and kind of filling in this world. And it kind of knows how each row is going to kind of play off of the previous row. And so, like, I need to have rows X, Y, and Z in order for uh, row A to feel impactful. You can have a bajillion rows because it's all tables and it's all rows all the way down. Now, for a table that you stick in the middle of an article that's not, like, the centerpiece of it, you should probably stick to, like... I tend to go with like four to six rows because that's usually how many steps of escalation I can put in a table at that point. But like, if you know what you're doing with each individual entry in your table and how they're going to play off all of the rest, then you can kind of go nuts. You're right. Tables are easy to blow it out excessively. And for me personally, a good heuristic is that if your log is not like the only addendum in your article then I don't think your log should be more than a single digit number of entries because you're still going to have to 
get your reader to the next part of your article or maybe they'll have just come from some other part of your article and you want your table to be brisk to get them to the to keep them from being exhausted so that they leave the article feeling energized by what they read or so or just that they're not too tired to enjoy the article by the time they get to the end at some point an important part of pacing is looking at every addendum paragraph even sentence and asking yourself do i really need this it's making sure that you have just the bare essentials. And sometimes the bare essentials can be kind of a lot. But in those cases, especially on the SCP site, which is largely flash fiction, you better make sure that that long story is really justifying itself. Right. One of the good rules of thumb of pacing is that when in doubt, see what you can cut. Yeah, yeah. If, if you can take a step back from your article and think, yeah, this part doesn't really change anything then there's a pretty good chance you should cut it. I think another key aspect of pacing that we didn't really talk about is making sure that each part of your article is like telling something new or recontextualizing some previous part of the article or making sure that it's just not, they're making sure that it's not restating the same information over and over again. One big gripe I have with articles that tend to go over like multiple iterations is that they restate information over and over again, which absolutely kills the pacing and drains the reader's energy so fast. Yeah, like one of the difficulties of especially like list page iteration based articles is making sure that like, and this is, this is true for any type of article, but it's especially prevalent in list page iteration based ones uh, that each new iteration, each new part, each section of each iteration is something new and it's something different. And even outside of those where you might be uh, rehashing the description a number of times where you should try not to rehash. Not just your try, you but, should not rehash um, your description a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. But um, even outside of those types of articles, when you have like an article that has like a description and then a testing log and your testing log is just giving examples of what you've already told us in the description, those examples better be really expanding our understanding of what the description means. Like you should be taking it in new directions. You should be giving us interesting imagery, something so that it's not me reading a series of test logs and being like, but you've already told me this. This is nothing new. I, I expected this all from the get go. Similar ish things can be said even for character arcs. If I have a character arc where I set up a direction for a character to go, but then each iteration along the way it's just the character taking the most obvious next step um like maybe it's if if they are in the beginning they're kind of nice but something bad happens to them and then you just get progressively meaner and meaner as the article goes on you have to make sure that the way in which they they become unpleasant sheds a new light on maybe the original um event or something else about the character like you need to make sure that you're not just taking steps along whatever trek you want to go on for your arc you need to make sure that the arc also takes twists and turns goes up and down and it's not just a straight line yeah i think that's especially important to keep in mind for narrative and interview logs making sure that your character isn't staying static throughout the whole piece even if they are changing that they're not just changing in the in the one the only way that you would expect them to change like the change the dynamic change should be like enticing and interesting right in and now don't itself. get me wrong you don't need to have dr black box who's doing your interview be a fully fleshed out character 
but one thing I noticed is that it's easy for readers to sort of get bored if all that re Dr. Blackbox is doing is just asking questions. They should be responsible for moving the interview along and keeping the pace up. That, I think, is the role of, like, the archetypal interviewer in the interview log. Yeah. Or, like, like another example of, like, maybe something over the course of multiple interview logs is there's kind of a, like, like a type of article where you have a, a humanoid anomaly that is kind of treated like they're in prison and you have a researcher that grows to, like, feel bad for them about it. That's, that's something that I've seen a number of different, uh, different takes on. But if that's all that I can say about the article, that oh, over the course of time, the researcher is feeling more empathetic for the anomaly, but the the details of that aren't really jumping out to me or the journey that they take to get there isn't really jumping out to me, then you're going to still feel like the pacing is too slow and that each step along the way, you aren't really doing anything new. You're just continuing the trend that you've already set up. Right. I don't know if I have too much more to add on to that, honestly. Do you think there's anything to be said about pacing and tales or is that just such a broad subject like the art of pacing in fiction that we could not do it justice in like however time we had for a podcast i will say that some of the things that i uh said earlier in the podcast also applies to just general fiction you can get away with some things that you can't get away with in the scp and you can get away with some things in scp that you can't get away with in general fiction but i think the idea of making sure that each part of your story, each sentence in your story, each paragraph in your story is working toward whatever like themes or moments you have in mind is still equally important. Really ask yourself, why is this here? What does this do for the story? Like that sounds obvious, but like it, it's still important to keep in mind when revising and writing your own stuff. I think good pacing in an article boils down to no restated information. Critical information is like given with enough time for uh, to let the reader mull on it, and non-critical information is presented as quickly as possible. Most importantly, the important moments are always moving the plot forward. If there's a moment of downtime, it's to advance character or to advance like the setting, but no part of the article that is like not directly moving the story forward isn't moving some other part of the reader's experience forward in a way. Yeah, you have to you have to make sure that every part of your story is working towards the story and that you aren't skipping steps along the way to uh, to just get your reader to the end point. If your end point has set up, then it's worth the time to actually explore the setup sufficiently so that way the end result and climax feels sufficiently satisfying. So don't take too long on the stuff that's going to be boring and unhelpful, but don't rush the important stuff either. This stuff is harder to grasp than just us talking about it because it's like super kind of nuanced more than we can just offer in this podcast. Like the only way to get good at this is to practice it and to learn from people who are good at pacing their articles. There's no shame in that, but I think that it's important to have a basic understanding of like what good pacing does to improve an article and what good pacing looks like. And I like to think that we helped capture that for our listeners. I'm not going to speak for our listeners. <laughs> I said I like to think. Speaking of pacing, we should get out of here before we waste any more of their time. Sound good to you? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you all enjoyed this one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Object Class Podcast.